It's time for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ The Fan, featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Breezy Point Resort, your holiday station store on Mill Avenue and Cross Lake, Maury's Market, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, Ernie's on Gull, The Tea Hive, Halverson Law Office, and the Legacy Courses at Creggins. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, and uh, streaming at com. That thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2019 Buicks. Chris, uh, man, what a busy time of year in golf. We had, uh, we've got the uh, PGA Championship this week coming off a Bridgestone uh, Classic that uh, Justin Thomas was uh, dominant in. The week before, Dustin Johnson had been dominant at the Canadian Open. And uh, the week before that was the British Open with Molinari surprising everybody. So right. uh, a lot of great players right up at the top in these big tournaments. And this one seems like... I, well, the whole summer seemed like this, but how did the PGA get here so fast? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, hard to believe. And, you know, another we've talked about it a number of weeks, another dominant win on the PGA Tour. And they, boy, it, was, it just seemed like this year they they tore up Firestone more, even more than they have in the past. Um, golf course was really soft, which helped, which means they can – you don't have to worry about the the ball running through the fairways as much, and you know you can fire it right at the pins, even out of the rough, and the ball's getting up close. So it was kind of a perfect storm for scoring, and um, boy, they, a lot a lot of good good rounds. And Justin Thomas played really well going in the PGA here. Yeah, well, that first day was everybody was. Uh, I think there was a Poulter was playing great, and. Uh, a whole bunch of guys, Tiger and Phil, were both four under, and they were kind of being a little buzzed about them. But then they got left in the dust because all the young guys just kept going lower and lower. And uh, uh, they're saying a little bit the conditions at the PGA could be similar. Or they could the greens could be very receptive. Yeah, they uh, you know typical of St. Louis this time of year, really hot, really humid. But they they had a bunch of rain on Tuesday. Uh, which they they didn't even allow any practice rounds Tuesday afternoon because of the rain, uh, so that tells me there it was a lot, and um, so the golf course will play very soft. And uh, this time of year in St. Louis, to keep it green, they have to make it soft anyway. So uh, length isn't a factor. I mean, it's a long golf course, Bell Rivas, but uh, when it gets soft and the greens are so receptive, it uh, it certainly enhances the scoring. Opportunities. Well, I saw some of the talking heads uh, talking about it. Bell Reeve, and uh, with the softness, it's going to eliminate some of the run out. So we maybe won't see those 350, 360, 370 type yes. drives. Yeah. It's going to shorten up some of the run out on the fairways as well with the moisture. So yeah, for it'll sure. be a lot greener than the British Open, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, talk about a black and white contrast. It, uh, <laughs> D- totally different look, uh, a very tree-lined golf course, and uh, very green compared to very brown, but uh, both great places. More of a PGA-friendly player-type event, Chris. Over the years, uh, probably more, not lesser-known, I mean really good and great players, but not as many all-time greats win the PGA all the time like they seem to at the Masters and the U.S. Open and the British Open. 
the all-time greats kind of take a lot of the percentage away on those wins. But the yeah. PGA, a lot of times some, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, regular PGA tours uh, win this event. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's interesting that the you know if you go down the list of players that uh, a lot of PGA champions are one-time major champions, and uh, you know, and maybe even not even many multiple wins on on the PGA tour. So it, it brings out a different player. Uh, it's definitely a different setup than than the Masters or the the Open Championship or. Um, or the U.S. Open, totally different than the U.S. Open. And the scoring, you know, the the resistance to scoring is never as big a factor at the PGA Championship. The golf course is always set up difficult, but it's not set up. Um, they 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 don't set it up like the U.S.J. would. To, they encourage scoring more than uh, than make it you know non receptive. And a tournament really near and dear to uh, uh, golf professionals like yourself all across the United States because some of their own are in this event every year. I think, is it 50 guys from around the country or it more? used to be 50. It's 20 now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the one the, – the two tournaments that the, the PGA of America uh, owns and operates are the Ryder Cup and the PGA Championship. And because of the, the PGA Championship, it's always been a um, – there are a number of club pros throughout the country who get to play in that. And the way, the way we qualify as a club pro is to, to finish low in our national championship, the, the club pro – or the club professional championship, which is uh, generally in September of every year. So the low, uh, the low 20 in that championship qualify for the, the PGA Championship, which is quite a deal. And there's a lot of great players at that level who maybe made a career choice that uh, they didn't want to travel 10 months out of the year and be on the PGA Tour. They took uh, high-profile jobs as pros, but they're, they can still play. Oh, big time, <laughs> yeah. You know, a, a perfect is a example is this Matt Dobas who won uh, won the CPC last year. Uh, you know, he's played in uh, – uh, I think I read he, this is his 14th major championship as a you know and he's a club pro he's played in uh, a number qualified for a number of U.S. Opens this is his third or fourth PGA championship uh, you know so he, he here's a guy who's a you know selling shirts and giving lessons by day and he's still very competitive at, at the highest level so uh, it's fun to see. I think I've asked you before. Have you ever tried to uh, qualify for the U.S. Open or the PGA Championship? The only I tried to qualify for the U.S. Open a couple times when I was in college, and right, very unsuccessfully. <laughs> <laughs> well, just trying though. Yeah, just kind of uh, you know. I guess you mean, and some guys have done it. They shoot that dream round in a qualifying round, and all of a sudden they're with the greatest players right. in the world, which has got to just be yeah unbelievable thrill. And the pressure may be a little less. I think that's why we see some of, uh, not again, not lesser known, certainly great, great players. But uh, uh, there's something about the pressure in the U.S. Open, the British Open, and the Masters that's maybe slightly more ratcheted up than the PGA Championship. Yeah, I'm not sure why that perception is, but I, I, I would agree. It, uh, um, I think guys place greater emphasis on those three championships than, than they do the PGA, although, you know, to win any major is a special deal. You know, I think, uh, you know, for for an American player, their, you know, probably their their dream standing on the on the putting green as a kid making putts, and they'd either say this is to win the the Masters or it's to win the U.S. Open. Right. 
And uh, you know, for a European player, a non-U.S. player, it's 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 always the Open Championship. Yeah, uh, maybe the Masters as well. But uh, I think if you pulled guys, that would be it. And then then the PGA is down down the list a little bit. But um, you know, anytime you have the opportunity to win a major, it, it changes your life. It changes your career. And it's one of the four you need to be one of the all-time greats. Yeah. A, a very select club of. Uh, winning the Grand Slam, and Jordan Spieth only needs the PGA, and a gentleman by the name of Arnold Palmer played his whole career and was only the PGA short (laughs) of winning the Grand Slam, so so. it meant a lot to him, and he he never did win it. Absolutely. (laughs) Came second a few times. All right, you're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. We've got some uh, guests coming up, Renee Delouche, uh, KPMG Tournament Director, and uh, also from Body Track Sports, uh, Terry Yashimoto, who's at the PGA Championship. So Chris will have a chance to talk with Terry as well. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. want to welcome to the show Renee Delash. Renee is the tournament director for the 2019 KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Uh, welcome to the show, Renee. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, there is a lot of exciting things in the world of professional golf going on in Minnesota with with the addition of the, the ladies KPMG and then the the uh, the new men's tour event and um, a lot of good things going on. Tell us uh, for those who don't know about the KPMG. Tell us about it and it's uh, where it's going to be and the dates. Yeah, thank you. Um, so the KPMG Women's PGA Championship will be played at Hazeltine in uh, June 18th to the 23rd of 2019. So next summer, and um, the event has been around for a long time. It's been around since 1955, actually. It was the LPGA Championship. But um, in 2015, it was rebranded as the KPMG Women's PGA Championship when uh, the PGA of America got together with the LPGA and the title sponsor, KPMG. And, um, you know, the leadership of those three entities put their heads together because the end goal was really to elevate this championship. Um, and so the partnership started just a few years ago, but um, it's really grown leaps and, blo- leaps and bounds since it started in 2015. And it's, it's one of the majors on the ladies' tour. It is. It's one of five majors uh, on the LPGA, and uh, it has one of the highest purses on the LPGA. And, and really another ingredient um, uh, for the, this event was to have this event hosted um, at host sites that have, you know, major championship courses that have hosted major championships. So um, that was really important to all all three of the partners that, um, and, and, you know, and that's one of the reasons why this event is coming to his team. So um, we look to continue the, uh, the success they've seen of past championships and, and grow on that based on the just the wild support uh, Minnesotans have had for golf. Yeah, Hazeltine obviously hosted the the 2016 Ryder Cup, but it has also hosted you know a couple PGA Championships, uh, U.S. Women's Open, um, uh, the Men's U.S. Open. So it has a great tradition of of hosting majors. And what 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 makes Hazeltine such a great facility for that and their their commitment to that? Yeah, you know, it, it's actually in the mission statement of the club um, that their mission is to uh, conduct major championships. And they go back to 1966 when they hosted the U.S. Women's Open. So they do have a long and storied history of, of hosting major championships. But, you know, I think they have a really supportive membership. Um, 
we've seen such a wonderful engagement from uh, from the membership historically um, with the Ryder Cup as well as this event thus far. Um, so we've been on board here for about a year now, um, getting the committees together and starting the hospitality sales and the volunteer recruitment. And recently we, we launched ticket sales, but we have such a large um, uh, section of the membership is, is really involved in this and, and they have been historically. And I think that that makes it a great host site. We also have, you know, it's a great golf course. Um, and I think it'll be a real test uh, for the best women golfers when they come here. I think it'll be challenging, but very fair. Um, and, and really the infrastructure in and around the golf course, um, you know, allows for great crowds and, and combined all together, that makes for a great host site. Absolutely. You know, for, for people who haven't been to a ladies, uh, ladies tour event, LPGA event, what, what can they expect? And, you know, is it different than going to a men's, men's major? What, what, uh, what kind of things do you see different? Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a really fun atmosphere. And I think for the players and the fans alike, um, you know, it's a really engaging atmosphere. You'll yes. see a lot of players interact with the kids and the youth um, and the fans in general. You'll see a lot of selfies and high fives and photos being taken um, with the fans. And I think the players are really appreciative of the support they do see. You know, and I think it's really um, interesting. I, I was at the uh, 2018 event recently um, and also the Solheim Cup when it was uh, in Des Moines recently. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, I think the players are really relatable to a lot of the golfers that, um, you know, play the game regularly and can relate to some of the shots they hit and the yardages. And, and I think it's just, um, you know, makes it interesting for the golf fan, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was, I've been, I've been a, a couple Solheim Cups and a couple other ladies' tour events. And I was in Des Moines last year with my daughter, and we, we just had, we had a great time. And uh, one of the things, that I found that was so refreshing is is how interactive the players are, even in the heat of the competition, how interactive the players are with with the fans and yeah, um, yeah, you know, I think they just really appreciate the support that you know certainly at a Solheim cup, there's a lot of spirit going on and a lot of competitive fire and and it's it's just a really neat atmosphere, but um I think people will see that uh, at the twenty nineteen event as well that um you know the players really uh, certainly engage with with all fans there, and, and it's uh, it's a fun atmosphere. Yeah, for sure. So the the event's a year away, basically. I, I understand t- tickets just went on sale recently. What are what are ticket opportunities? Are there corporate opportunities? Yeah, there are. Uh, yeah, we launched ticket sales earlier. Well, actually, last month in July, and um, we've got ticket options that include daily tickets. Um, we do offer a weekly grounds ticket um, for $100, which gets you access to all six days of the championship. Um, practice round tickets start at $20, and then um, you can buy what we call a good any one-day flex ticket for $40. And, you know, that's good for people that don't know their schedule this far out, that they can purchase that ticket type and have the flexibility to attend on the day they like. Nice. Um, so, yeah, certainly some affordable ticket options, and um, juniors 17 years and younger uh, are free into the championship with each uh, accompanied ticketed adult. Fabulous. So that's certainly uh, fun to share. And then um, we also offer complimentary admission to active and retired military as well. Uh, 
Very nice. Are there are there going to be some events with the with the championship as well? Nine golf events that people can look forward to. Yeah. So um, we obviously have the pro am, which will be held um, uh, championship week, and then also there is the uh, KPMG Women's Leadership Summit, um, which is an event that is held on site uh, in the KPMG Pavilion, which will be uh, on the 18th green. Um, but that's a, it, it brings together the top women in business, sports, and politics, and, and community, um, you know, with about 300 invited guests and future leaders of the next generation. And um, it's a really inspiring day of um, conversation and interactive activity that, um, that, that is held on, on site during championship week. I, I saw some videos from this year's event uh, that took place yeah. in Chicago, and there were just some fabulous speakers and some great uh, information and ideas shared with that. So that, that'll be a great event. Uh, Absolutely. How about how about uh, are there are there opportunities for people to get involved with the tournament and be volunteers? Yes, you know we we started our volunteer recruitment process a few months ago, and I'm happy to share that we have had wonderful support from the community. And, and at this point in time, we are on a wait list. Wow. Uh, for volunteers, and so we'll have between 1,400 and 1,500 volunteers for this uh, for this event. So, um, if anybody is interested to volunteer, they can um, go to our website, which is www.kpmgwomenspga.com. And we are um, accepting names on a wait list because there certainly is a possibility for some, um, we might be adding on some committee spots and or some attrition. So we've just seen wonderful, wonderful support. So obviously great support and great response already from the from the Twin Cities. Well, that's great to hear, Renee. You bet. Well, Renee, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing all the information about the about next year's KPMG, and we'll really look forward to it as, as that gets closer, hopefully having you on again and learning more about the event. Well, thanks so much for having me. Look forward to talking more about it. Thank, thanks again, Renee. Take care. Thanks. That Bye-bye. Was, that was Renee Delash with the uh, Women's KPMG uh, PGA Championship next year at Hazeltine National. I want to welcome to the show uh, Terry Hashimoto. Terry is the VP of Business Development for Body Track. A uh, great friend of mine, and in the past five, six years, has had a tremendous influence on my teaching. Really learned a lot from Terry in the world of uh, what we call pressure mapping. Terry, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thank you very much. I thank you for saying that. I don't know if I deserve it, but thank you very much. Well, we, we talked about it earlier in the year, but uh, most of our listeners are probably not going to be familiar pre prior to this interview of what pressure mapping is, but... You know, you, you've really influenced so many teachers around the country about how weight is distributed in the golf swing and pressure moves in the golf swing and how to use that as the best with uh, with your product. You really uh, pioneered some of that stuff in the world of golf. So uh, it's been fun to fun to be uh, around you and get to learn from you. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, to be honest with you, we kind of did it together, didn't we? I mean... Uh, thanks to you and a lot of pros across the country like yourself that were early adopters with the technology and you know let's call a spade a spade we didn't know what we were doing when we started. <laughs> and, and uh, you know but to be honest with you I think with you and and you know others we figured it out and when we got it we we it, it just it's like an engineer whenever I did a, a development project all of them told me 
when we started, it's impossible. It just can't be done. And then when they get it, they say, hey, it's easy. It's easy. And I think we refined it to its simplest form, and I think that's really what we did well together. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, you know, I wanted to have you on the show to, to talk about pressure mapping in the golf swing, but I also wanted to have you on. You're, you've been down at the PGA Championship this week, and I always love to hear about uh, kind of what's going on at the major championships. And uh, tell us what you're doing in St. Louis, and kind of tell us what the vibe is at the at Bell Reve this week. Well, first of all, the golf course look, looks like it's in really good condition. Um, they the members have been off the golf course since uh, May. Wow. Um, they uh, they're very concerned about the uh, the heat and the humidity. Uh, they they. I, act, I happenstancely uh, flew down uh, from Minneapolis to uh, St. Louis with a gentleman that uh, was uh, the consultant for the Greens, uh, and I did a little Facebook interview with him while the airplane was kind of funny. But uh, he was telling me the way they break up the Greens in the sections and they try to get the maintain the uh, pace of each one of those sections and all they have to treat each section differently because of the slopes. Wow. Uh, the drainage, the drainage, the uh, they, they all have different lengths of grass within each within various sections because uh, they want to maintain that pace of speed. And um, I didn't I didn't even know that. And uh, but to the point to get the vibe, it's very very uh, busy there. I was surprised we were there Sunday. Uh, Sunday was you know so so. It was so busy Monday morning. It was crazy. I, I think they're going to have an unbelievable turnout. Um, the uh, uh, the, the players that I was talking to, they all seem to enjoy the layout. It, um, it's a, I've played it before. Bell Reeves is a great course, uh, and I, I, I was there personally to hang out with Jake Thurm. Uh, we met, uh, who was a PGA Tour coach, uh, do some videos with some of my new swing balance gears, and talk to some of his players. And uh, the vibe's exceptional. It's a hundred year celebration. You know, that's always unique. And I think yeah. it's going to be great there. Yeah. yeah, Jake's a great coach and a good friend from from the Chicago area. And who who is who is Jake working with this week? Terry? Well, primarily James Hahn. Um, he was there, but you know, Jake has a lot of. Um, you know, when you're out there um, for as long as he's been out there, what happens typically is that you know someone has a panic attack, and and they and you know, I, not the proper word, but it's almost like trolling. You're on the T deck, and <laughs> they see you, and they grab you, and they go talk to you. So right, um, and uh, and and you've seen that happen, and that's yes. what happens with Jake a lot. Oh, that's neat. Well, James has had a nice year this year, and yeah, Jake's a phenomenal coach. Then we have Hernan Ray is there with Emiliano Grillo, and we're talking to, uh, to Hernan, Jose Campra, and Jose is out there, and you know, of course, there's always Scotty Hamilton, Chantal Ray, and. And the guys, and it's always nice to say hello to everybody and um, and keep the contacts established. And uh, but really, I was there to really, um, um, you know, we were doing a, um, we're going to be putting together a series of center of mass versus center of pressure um, information uh, videos to go on the new My Swing Guru. And Jake and I were there to kind of um, uh, develop the template for those um, for for that uh, for that video content. Fantastic. So be, being at the PGA this week and seeing the golf course, uh, you have any predictions on uh, on a winner for us, Terry? I think they're going to – I, you know you know what I love about the PGA, Chris? Uh, a whole bunch of things, but primarily it's got 
you know, 20 or 30 uh, pros uh, from, you know, club pros, let's yes. call them. The guys are much looser. Uh, it's probably the one of my favorite tournaments to go to because um, you can talk to the guys. The You know, last year, uh, Stone even threw his golf club at us and told Jake <laughs> and I, hey, come on here, let's hit a shot, let's see what you got. <laughs> and we did, and he ended up winning the Scottish Open uh, this year. And um, um, it's a great tournament. It's the most, uh, it, of all the tournaments I go to, it, it is the loosest, the most fun, and still a major. Yes. And I think the PGA, um, you know, we all like to criticize each other sometimes, but I got to tell you, PGA does a wonderful job. And this is the first time I've been to the, the last couple of the tournaments have been kind of hard to walk. This is a good one for an elderly guy like me. <laughs> it's not too bad. <laughs> and, and everything's kind of, kind of, it's really well centered. Yeah. So anybody who's in Minneapolis or wherever's listening, if you get a chance to go out there this weekend and it's not, uh, 105 degrees out in St. Louis. Go out there; it's worth it. Yeah, that's what that's what I've heard from some other folks as well. Well, well, Terry. So many of our listeners have no idea what what pressure mapping is. Uh, give us a quick take on uh, what what is pressure mapping? How can it help the golf swing? You imagine the sensors in the tires of your car, and you turn on your car, and uh, one tire is real low, and that way you can then go to the gas station or whatever get the air put it in but the sensors tell you the information we have a little pressure mat that you stand on and we measure your pressure moving side to side heel to toe and we can even tell you how, how much pressure you're pushing downward and the vertical pressure up and down so um, my goal was to understand how the pressure affects your swing and we learned early that um, your pressure in your feet when you swing, creates the uh, path of your backswing and forward swing, downswing. And so uh, we learned ultimately that you could impact your entire swing by, by where your pressure is at the right time. And as you know, there's just a few key points. Pressure at address. Modern guys are 55, 60 on the lead side. And that was kind of a revolution, Chris, as you know, because old guys yes. like me, we used to set up more on the, right, on the trail side. And um, that's how we were taught. And uh, it turns out that even though we were taught that, when you actually got onto the pressure mat, you actually may not be like that. So um, feels not necessarily real. And we quantified um, all a lot of data that uh, really, in my opinion, validated a lot of the old notions that were out there. And, and sometimes, some, you know, our goal was to validate, not to disqualify. Sure. So, yeah. Um, and and it like you know. Uh, when I saw your son's trace the first time, and he had a lot of backup in his irons, you know, we, you and I both, you know, looked at that and said, what is that? And then you were able to clean up his trace. When I say backup, what I meant is that the pressure just prior to impact started to go backwards, and that didn't make sense because to you and I, because the club's going forward, ball has to go forward, but yet the pressure's going backwards, so that just didn't make a lot of sense to you and I, and then you, were, you and I were able to come to a conclusion and uh, based on on some logic and you were able to fix him up. And apparently uh, Joe was sitting at, uh, you, were, you had him hitting it great. Yeah, gosh, he, uh, it, it's, it's helped his golf swing as much as anybody I've ever, that I've worked with. And, you know, he, he, this summer alone working, he's picked up about 30 yards with the driver, uh, by further, uh, kind of cleaning up his trace. And it's been pretty fascinating, but you know, the, the, the thing that, that really, 
helped me uh, with my students was, you know, the where the club bottoms out in the golf swing, the low point of the swing is so important in, in ball striking. Right. And so, so many people, uh, especially the, the higher the handicap you get, struggle getting that club to bottom out where it should at the, the at, just slightly in front of the golf ball. And what we found was that even though it appeared people were transferring their weight correctly, that they, they were shifting to their, their lead side too late in the downswing, which caused the club to bottom out behind the golf ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, um, well, you know, the, you know, I'm a bit of a frustrated ex tour pro uh, that didn't make it. And, um, I, you know, adequate player, uh, scholarship, University of Miami, blah, 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 um, but had really fast hands. And Bob Toski was my instructor as a, as a, uh, as a golfer and Ken Maturi. And when I look back, um, I think most good players will agree that, um, and, and particularly the instructors, you know, under pressure, the hands choke and, um, what I learned, and this is the uh, revelation, Chris, and you learned this with us. We learned this together, is that if you if you concentrate on the pressure, it frees up the hands. To me, it lets the physiology uh, happen by itself, and and that was a complete revelation from my perspective. And in terms of bottoming out, I totally agree with you. And and you know the three most common pressure flaws are, uh, and they and they're very very easy to fix. Too much pressure in the toes, and that happens when people get tired as well. So in St. Louis, for example, a lot of the players that we work with, they're going to be very cognizant as it's heat, high humidity, very hot. And as the wrong gets long, they want to make sure they have a little bit more pressure in the heels than they normally might uh, think they do. So they have to be very cognizant of that as you get tired. Um, number two, uh, pressure doesn't get to the lead side quick enough for our old players like myself. And uh, number three is back up in irons. Nothing frustrates me more in life than when I see a young lad, grower guy, back up with the irons because that just uh, <laughs> that just bottoms it out too at the yes. wrong time. Yes, yeah, we've talked a lot about that uh, between us. It's uh, you, you hate seeing that. It's uh, uh, they just can't have the success that they would if they if they move the other way. You know, the, Chris, the the great thing about pressure mapping, and thanks for asking me and letting me be on your show is that when people listen to this, they might say, what the heck is Hashimoto <laughs> talking about? But when they st- when they come to see you and they stand on the mat and they see the pressure in their feet and they move around a little bit, they go, duh, they have a eureka moment. Yes. And that's what excites me and drives me. And now what we're trying to do now, Chris, is you said, okay, look, it, we've, we, you know, I, you know how the keyboard, what do they call those? Guys on the keyboards that always attack you. Um, the, uh, oh, trolls. Keyboard, my, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of guys that don't never been on a pressure mat, don't understand technology, and they take shots at you. Well, you know what? When they, I've had guys. I said, look it, because I'm, you know, from Canada, so we don't carry too many guns and stuff. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of a, I don't know, I don't know what to call myself, but I said, look, come on, let's get, let's get you on it. And as soon as you get those negative guys on it. They're, they have a eureka moment, and they say, okay, maybe there's something here, and there is. It's there. Yeah, it's uh, for sure. <laughs> it's always fun to, to change the naysayers' minds. 
Well, um, you know, what we're doing now, Chris, and this is the exciting part for me because I'm, I'm 60 now, um, you know, how many years you got left to work in an effective high-energy level. Uh, we are working on human balance. Our goal is um, to use the pressure mats that we've perfected to understand uh, our return to play protocols for, for sports, number one. Not necessarily one, but, and, uh, but in one of two. And the second thing is we want to understand how to uh, um, uh, learn the ons- use to use pressure to predict the onset of falls for the elderly, uh, which I'm getting close to that range. Um, uh, they say that um, it, within five years of turning 60, 65% of all people will have an uh, unannounced fall. Wow. And, and uh, we want to understand this better so that we can work with um, a elderly to uh, predict falls and give them proper training so they can delay that event. And two is uh, reduce, um, um, you know, injuries from, you know, really harmful injuries from returning to play too early in sports. We're there now. In Canada, the legislation is in place in several provinces to mandate uh, um, proper uh, baseline assessments for return to play protocols um, for team sports. It's going to happen. It's going to happen everywhere. It's going to happen in the States. And, you know, if a pro football player doesn't want to um, uh, do our balance assessments and they don't give a heck because, you know, they'd be uh, pumping gas anyways if they didn't play football or whatever sport they did, uh, go ahead and knock yourself out, kill yourself if you want to. But if you really want to take care of your child, take care of yourself, we're going to have the right tools. And it's going to be like um, going to a blood pressure setup. Uh, in, a, in a drugstore, you're going to be able to go to a drugstore, a grocery store, and get a balance assessment eventually within 10 years. That's that's really cool stuff, and much bigger than the world of golf there, Terry. Well, I'll tell you something. It's not nearly as exciting as golf. Right. But, but um, it is, you know, Chris, i got to be honest with you. Um, I've been in the golf business since 81, since I graduated from University of Miami. And uh, when I started this eight years ago, uh, I wanted to do concussion, online neurological assessments for concussions, uh, putting skull caps in, in, in helmets. Uh, the guys told me, you don't have the cred street cred for this. You're a golf guy. Uh, you know, why don't you try to do golf first? Because we, uh, you know, we heard you're building a pressure mat in, in your Brunswick. I just about told them to go, you know, to shove off and, uh, and, <laughs> and I, I ended up, you know, thinking twice about it. We did it. We perfected it in golf. And uh, but I want to fulfill what I started. I like I, I'm stubborn. I want to achieve this goal. But it, in my heart, I'm always a golf guy. And it's the people like you, uh, not because you invited me to be on your show, but because of the class and the quality of the way you serve your people. I don't think I've ever met a more classy person than you and your family, and then we got the Sheptics. You know, there's, there's people all over the United States and Canada. The great people and friends you make in golf cannot be replaced. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I appreciate you saying that, Terry. That's very nice. And the, the people involved in the game of golf are, are what it's all about. So, absolutely. But, uh, well, Terry, we, we really appreciate you taking the time today to, to be on the show and share, uh, some stuff about the PGA and especially about, uh, pressure mapping and body track and, uh, uh, we'll love to have you on real, again real soon. Chris, thank you very much, and, and hi to the family. Appreciate it. Thank you, Terry. That was Terry Hashimoto, the VP of Business Development at BodyTrack. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. Also at lakeswoodsandirons.com and available on Podcast One now as well. 
Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2019 Buicks. All right, uh, PGA will be uh, underway when this uh, airs a couple of days in. We maybe gave a little short uh, shrift there. The Women's British Open, Georgia Hall, uh, came from behind and won the Women's British Open, and she was uh, she is a British citizen. She has to be an absolute hero in Great Britain. She will. It will. She is a national hero and will be for ever now. She's she, only, I think the yeah. third British woman ever to win it. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's yeah. I knew there. I knew there weren't very many, but it'll be. Uh, uh, it'll be fun when I'm over there in a couple, in about six weeks to uh, to see what the reaction is. So yeah, and pretty cool working class family kind of. Her dad, uh, uh, just a hard working guy, basically put a club in her hands when she was a, a young girl, and was caddying for him. And uh, uh, she, he said after in the interview, she gave me strict orders I couldn't show any emotion <laughs> <laughs> until well, we were done. And then, of course, they realize she's going to win it on the, and he held it can, together till till can, the final putt. Cannot imagine what uh, what that feeling was. Pretty cool deal. She actually lives not far from uh, our friend of the show, Aiden Smith, who was on uh, yeah last month, and uh, uh, Aiden was pretty excited about that win, uh, knowing her. So, and he, dad was caddying for her. Which, about uh, that was ca- for the yeah. British Open Championship, which means everything to people in Great Britain. Oh so. yeah. How great! And uh, your daughter Katie had a little bit of a personal experience with her. At the Soul yeah, Hunter. I'll tell you, she is she is a quality lady. I mean, she she played in the, you know, on, on the European Solheim Cup team and was just great interacting with the fans, as were most of the players. But uh, Katie really uh, had it was intently watching this weekend because she's one of her favorites. And at the Solheim Cup, the first day we were there, she. Uh, uh, had a little interaction with Katie on the on one of the tee boxes, waiting to tee off, and then uh, saw her several other times during the during the tournament, and always made eye contact and said hi. And so, pretty neat deal. Yeah, that's fun. One of Katie's favorites wins. That's fun. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, I was just looking at Golf WRX today, in fact, and uh, they had a kind of a fun article. That said, "Let's take a break from the football hype." To bring you the golf engine, which uses a, a machine learning to evaluate 1,500 different statistics for every golfer on the PGA Tour for since each tournament since 2004. Wow. The analysis, of course, is massive. The data provides is massive. The engine looks at how each stat set contributes to what they can expect from players on this stage at this tournament. <laughs> Unbelievable. So they take even the, for instance, Phil's a 100-to-1 shot in Vegas, but in their odds, he's in the top five for whatever reason. They've got uh, top five or Dustin Johnson, 8-to-1 odds, plus they put him at the top of the charts, which is not unusual. Uh, Justin Thomas, no big story there, 1-2. and two. Jason Day, 3. John Rahm, 4, all in the top 10. But then Phil Mickelson, for whatever re- whatever these... 1,500 stats amount to. He's in fifth. And the top 10, not too surprising, really, other than maybe Kyle Stanley in 10th. It's Tony Finau, who's been hot, and McElroy and Kepka, Fleetwood. Those are all probably top 10 players right now. So Kyle Stanley is is uh, kind of quietly having a, a great second half of the season. You know, finished second last week and played really well. And I think he has two or three top 10 finishes in the last several weeks. Maybe a little dark horse in the uh, top 20 at, at the golf engine. Aaron Weiss at 19 and uh, Patrick Cantlay at 15. So, <laughs> where, do they, where do they have Spieth listed at, Mac? 
Spieth is 20th. 20th. Bubba's 21st. Interesting. Yeah. That, that, the Bubba surprised me. I mean, three. he's won three times this year. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, when, when you th- three players have won nine events on the PGA Tour this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Thomas, Bubba, and, and Dustin Johnson. So, yeah. They're taking home a lot of the a lot percentage wise in the trophy category a little more than their fair share. That's right. But that's kind of fun. It's uh we were talking a little bit too Chris is going to be similar I'm sure cuz people are going to go to sites like this with uh you were reading an article about uh sports gambling's becoming legal across the across the country every sport basically supreme court ruling and that's going to slowly go to all 50 states I think eventually. But in the world of golf, where the friendly game of uh, five or ten dollars, or even two or three dollars aside, it's a natural game for, especially with handicaps, where guys will go out and you know put five bucks on the line just because it's fun to do. Right. Well, I think uh, gambling in the golf in the golf uh, professional business, not among the players, yeah. of course, is really going to take off. Yeah, we um, the PJ Tour has embraced it wholeheartedly. And partially because it's going to be a huge revenue stream for them. Uh, uh, one of the main companies that uh, that is going to be involved in the gambling, the PJ Tour has licensed their data to. So they will be the direct link to basically all the all the stats that the PJ Tour you know has as a. Um, Basically, that they own the the their intelligence or whatever, and uh, so the the PJ Tour ha- gets revenue from that. So they've embraced it, and starting next year, you're going to see a lot of uh, opportunities to gamble on golf. It'll be it'll be really interesting. I just read an article too. I can't think of the sport. It was either football or, base, or maybe it was basketball. Signed an exclusive deal with MGM in uh, in uh, Vegas. And they're going to kind of have the exclusive. Uh, here's your odds for tonight's yeah. basketball game or whatever. I just think, wow, talk about a change and uh, uh, just a change of direction as far as gambling goes in professional sports. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 holding out my opinion to see what it what it brings, but it'll be it'll be interesting. I right. Uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure if. Uh, some of the element of gambling, I, I it worries me to bring it into the into the game of golf and um, just the fan and player interaction. You know, the fans are so much closer to the players. Uh, you know, the spectators at a golf tournament, you can reach out and touch a player, and uh, you know, just the the protocol at a at a golf tournament, uh, you know, generally isn't. There, there aren't bad player fan interactions. It's pretty rare that we see that. But when you get gambling involved and some cocktails involved, we might right. uh, that might change things significantly. That'll be their biggest watchdog. Will be that because uh, the uh, temptation will be. I don't think it's any secret that Phil Mickelson loves to gamble. Uh, I mean, the difference is uh, when him and Fowler and four, two other guys are each putting in ten thousand dollars on a Tuesday. You know, that doesn't really matter. That's between those four right. guys. But then uh, they think, you know, the temptation would be if they didn't have rules in place, you know, I'm going to put a half a million bucks on myself to win this right. thing. I'm 100 to 1. Yeah. You know, that's $50 million. Right. <laughs> so, and, you can, and they can afford it, some of them. Yeah, that's right. That's the danger of it, that yeah. they bet on themselves or some other player. Or Yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, see what it all brings.
Then you get the Caddyshack deal, you know, the guy. <laughs> Noonan. That's right. Noonan. <laughs> Hoping the other guy will miss. That's right. Because <laughs> there's a lot of dough on the line. We want to thank our guest, Renee Delash, uh, KPMG uh, Tournament Director, and uh, Terry Hashimoto, PGA Championship uh, Body Track Sports. Very interesting concepts, all part of the uh, teaching game, t- Chris, that uh, that you love so much, all the technology that works in that area as well. That's good stuff. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, man. That's Chris Foley. I'm Mac. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Breezy Point Resort, your holiday station store on Mill Avenue and Cross Lake, Maury's Market, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, Ernie's on Gull, The Tea Hive, Halverson Law Office, and The Legacy Courses at Craigans. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. We now return to our regularly scheduled program at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan.